TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to a place of wellness and healing for both your body and mind. Get ready to live a happy, healthy, whole food life that totally rocks. You're listening to Shiny Healthy You, the straight-talking natural health show for busy women, with your host and naturopath, Jules Galloway. My guest today is a dedicated mum who left no stone unturned in the quest to improve the health of her loved ones. When her son began to suffer from anxiety and OCD, she moved the whole family to a diet called GAPS, which stands for Gut and Psychology Syndrome. It's a very, very challenging and confronting way of eating for some. However, due to her exceptional skills and creativity in the kitchen, she did it in total style. So much so that she now creates recipes and teaches a huge tribe of fans how to cook and how to eat. She's a master of the thermomix, a goddess of gut health, and a fan of the ferments. She's now a blogger, an author, a speaker, and a podcaster, and she's here today to share her story with you. Please welcome to Shiny Healthy You, the one and only Quirky Joe Witten. Woo! Thank you. (laughs) Hi, Jules. How are you going today, Joe? I'm good. How are you? I'm amazing. Thank you. Now, <laughs> Joe, first up, just tell us a little about what you do for okay. those three people in Australia who don't know who you are <laughs> and, um, and how you came to start a business that was all about healthy food. Okay. Um, so I live in Far North Queensland, up on the Atherton Tablelands, and I've lived in Far North Queensland most of my life. I was very blessed to be raised in an area where there was just so much amazing produce fresh seafood straight you know wild caught there was all the um all the beautiful fresh fruit and veggies all year round at the markets and we were raised eating those kinds of foods not because it was the trendy thing to do but because it was the cheap thing to do my mum and dad lived on a very tight budget and mum would just cook everything from scratch and I mean everything breads cakes biscuits um we didn't have boxes of cereal in the cupboard we didn't have bought pizzas or ready-made meals we didn't have cake mixes we didn't have any of that stuff it was all homemade from scratch and it was seasonal because that was what was cheap mum would go to the markets and get whatever was in season usually at the end of the day so that she could get boxes that were going to get chucked out you know for a couple of dollars and make up a heap of sauces and chutneys and soups and stews and she'd be up till midnight sometimes cooking and we were always there in the kitchen with her I've got three um two sisters and a brother and we were we didn't have a TV, so we were just so uncool. <laughs> and um, we just cooked and we did things together and, you know, it was very, it was a really great upbringing because I learned to um, be creative. I learned to be, um, to just to use what I had on hand and make up recipes and cook from that. So I started cooking at a very young age and mum would encourage us to make up our own recipes and um, play. So that was really good for me because as I got older, I realized that I had food intolerances and that the constant sinus issues and coughs and colds and hay fever and all the things that I'd suffered with all my life as a kid um, were due to food reactions and also gut health, which I didn't know at first. And um, so I had to start learning to cook gluten-free, dairy-free, sugar-free, um, you know, preservative-free, all these things. And I had to do that with little kids running around me. Um, when I first – I was always interested in healthy eating, but I sort of um, got more and more interested as I researched 
both, both what was happening to me and what was happening to my children and why. Um, and so I began making up recipes that were allergy-friendly and um, getting them into our family's diet and cooking more and more from scratch. I got a Thermomix. This was 12 years ago and um, started doing a lot, a lot more from scratch. So I had been cooking mostly from scratch, but, you know, a few things had crept in. Um, and I saw our health improving and I started having people ask me what I was doing. Um, you know, friends saying, oh, that's a really nice recipe. And they knew I cooked this weird way, you know, with, without dairy and um, mostly mostly wheat-free or it was wheat-free but mostly gluten-free um, and natural sweeteners and stuff. And I had a friend say, I heard her friend say to someone else, oh, she cooks all these really healthy meals but they're actually quite nice. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd have people ask me or, you know, friends ask me for a recipe so I'd write it down on a bit of paper and then I decided I was going to do a recipe book just for friends and family and I was just going to photocopy it. That never finished, got finished. And then I decided to write a blog and um, so, yeah, that was seven and a half years ago I started my blog because I wanted a place to put these recipes and what I was noticing um, more and more was that there was a lot of other people in the same boat as me just having so many issues with food and intolerances and and they would say to me, by this time I was a Thermomix consultant, so I was in people's homes cooking with them and I was also doing public demonstrations and cook, cooking demonstrations and um, I'd have, it seemed like every second person would be saying to me, oh, oh, I can't eat that, I can't have dairy or I can't have gluten or I can't have this or I can't have that or my kids are allergic to this and this. And I'm thinking, what What in the world is going on? Why are so many of us having food issues? And it just made me really curious as to what was happening and um, it made it even more um, important to me to get the word out to people that you can cook healthy, delicious foods that are gentle on your gut and that are um, easy to digest and that can help you to get around all the different allergies and problems in your families and they can still be delicious they can still be budget friendly um, there's it's still doable so that mums don't go crazy cooking five meals <laughs> one you know dinner time they can make something that the whole family will enjoy and so that's when I think my blog really took off and then I also worked on a cookbook and got that done a couple of years ago and that went really well. And, um, yeah, it's just gone on from there. And uh, things took another turn a couple of years ago. Um, do you want me to go on to that story as well? <laughs> that, that would be the next part where I was going to ask you about the gaps. <laughs> Is it the gaps? <laughs> yeah. Yes, please. Okay, so at first it was pretty much the focus was allergy-friendly. And all I knew, which is what I find a lot of people know, is that, oh, I have to avoid certain foods and then I'm okay. But I began to realise that, um, you know, that's no way to live your life and a lot of people end up having more and more of a restricted diet instead of actually healing. Um, they're just taking more and more out of their diet and it doesn't actually get better. Um, so I was even noticing that in my own life that at first things went really well but then things started to go downhill and um, my son who's who was 13 at the time Isaac he suddenly hit rock bottom with major depression and we had no idea what was going on it was very um, it was very bad he was so 
anxious and depressed that he would just start sobbing for no reason and really loud sobbing like 11 o'clock at night and waking everyone up and um, he'd be panicking all the time. He'd, he'd think that there were things um, trying to get him or he was he couldn't get out of bed or he couldn't get into bed or he couldn't dress himself, he couldn't feed himself, I was feeding him. Um, he was basically like a, a zombie. And I was so stressed. We would, I, would, I would just hold him a lot. And this had happened before but never to this extent. And I knew he was a very sensitive child and I knew that he, he got anxious easily but I didn't. And I figured it was something to do with food because whenever it happened before and it was only, you know, a small um, compared to what happened when he was 13, it was always very small. But I always found if I tightened up his diet again, he'd come out of it within a week because he'd always been the one that was the worst with milk and stuff like that. So he'd get constipated and stuff. So I figured, okay, there's something going on here with food, the gut, something like that. I, I had heard about the GAPS diet. Um, so a friend of mine, Jude Leroux, she's a whole foods chef in Perth. She teaches people to cook very um, traditionally and, you know, soaking the grains and everything. But she does tell people if you can't even handle whole foods, then there's something wrong with your gut which needs to be healed so that you can handle whole foods. It's not cut them out for, whole, for your whole life. It's heal the gut and then you should be able to bring some back in. And so she talked to me about the GAPS diet and then I started to look into that. And um, when she first told me about it, I was like, this was before Isaac got so bad, I was like, no, we don't need that. <laughs> that sounds way too hard. That sounds so extreme, doesn't it? It when does. You first when you first it. hear it, you just go, no. Nah. And I think I read a tiny bit about it, but not much. And then when Isaac got so bad, um, I started to think what this could be and I figured it was probably gut-related, um, but I didn't know exactly what was going on. And then I was searching the internet at night one night like you do and um, I had this sudden memory of so funny how things happen. I had, oh, like months before or even a year or so before, I had posted a silly meme on my Facebook page that was something to do with um, if my kitchen gets untidy, I just invite my OCD friend. I was, it was one of those silly things about your OCD friends coming and cleaning up for you. And I, at the time I thought it was quite funny. I can't remember what it said. But someone commented on it and said, you know, OCD is not funny. It's not something to laugh at. It's a very real thing and it's very, you know, offensive to me that you posted that. And I was shocked and horrified and I quickly deleted it. But that stuck in my head and I started to think about all what Isaac was going through and I thought, I wonder what, and I looked up OCD and he had every single symptom and I was just like, oh, my goodness. Isn't that funny that because of that meme, I thought of that, yeah, and it just triggers something. And yeah. and I want to I want to mention Joe that I listened to one of your podcasts. It must be about maybe four weeks ago or so. That was uh, one where you had Isaac on the show. Yeah, and he spoke about his experiences with OCD, mm -hmm. and it blew my mind. And um, yeah, people I'll, don't realize. I didn't know. Yeah, and I might pop a link in in the yeah. show notes today. Um, to that podcast episode because it really he's so articulate and yeah, so brave and like I just and so strong and he spoke about what it was like to have OCD and it was just you know that just so honest mm. you know about how 
he couldn't do certain things. Like it, just going from one room to another had to yeah. involve, you know, processes and procedures to happen. Otherwise, yeah. he would get he extremely anxious. Yeah. yeah. And it just it was – and then he spoke about his recovery from that. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I just – I that was – one of those podcasts that you listen to, it was just blows you away. And that, yeah. that was, yeah, I was so, well, so stoked I got to hear it. I'm so thankful that Isaac is a very articulate boy. And so he could, at the start, he just was in this fog and he didn't know what was going on. But as time went on and we worked, we went into the GATS diet and we started working through it, his thinking became clearer and he was able to articulate to me what was going on in his mind. And it really, I think that was a really important thing for us. And I think because of the way that he can explain what was happening, um, he is really able to help people because we, we were just at the Mind Forum in Sydney and Isaac spoke on the stage in front of 350 people and there was all these women there just going, oh, my goodness, you know, my child suffers from anxiety. Some of them had kids with OCD. They were saying, I didn't know that's how they thought because kids generally can't, especially young kids, they can't tell you what they're thinking. They can't get it out. And so he's sort of speaking for those children and those parents are just blown away and they're saying, now I understand. See, at first, especially my husband, he had no idea what was going on and he was like, oh, he's just seeking attention. He's always trying to get your attention and you just give it to him and so he does it again. And I'm like, no, it's not that. It's something else. There's something wrong here. And he had a look of terror in his eyes all the time. And I was talking to him about it last night and he said, mum, sometimes something would set me off and, and I would be so terrified. He said, I had this grey shirt that terrified me. And he said, to get it off, I had it on and I had to get it off. And to get it off, I had to do all these things. And if I didn't do them right, you know, something terrible would happen. He would die or whatever. And um, he said, I, after doing all these steps and, um, oh, it was a really long, drawn-out thing, he finally got it off and he threw it in the back of his cupboard and he hasn't been able to look at that shirt until just recently. So, you know, we have no idea what's going on in their head. It's, it's very, he said to me at the time, Mum, it's like I know it's not, I know it's not rational, but it's like I'm, I'm living in another world and no one else is there and they can't understand. Yeah. So, yeah, um, but as we went along with the diet, his brain began to clear and he did have to go on medication right at first because he was so bad. Like I said, I was having to feed him and everything. He couldn't do school. Um, he was just shocking. Um, so for our for all of our sanity, we, we did get him onto medication at first and now I'm more of a mind that if you can try diet first, do that. But, you know, whatever way you go, we got him off as soon as we could and once he did come off medication, he said he, he could think clearer. He felt that the medication really dulled his brain down. Um, but it it did that what it's meant to do at the start where you just kind of you know yeah it at least stopped him from sobbing constantly and stuff. But anyway, yeah, so. and, and I really like that for someone who's so into natural healing, you have got mm -hmm. a surprising stance when it comes to medication for these sorts yeah. of disorders because he he really was over a barrel at that time. He really was, and I I mean knowing what I know now about antidepressants and things like that. I would say try everything you can first um, that's natural if you can. Yeah. If it's so, so bad and it's just like 
almost a life and death situation, then obviously you're going to go to the doctor, like, you know, like, and find out about medication. But just be really careful with it because they will continually up it if you're not careful. Thankfully, because of the diet, though, he never had a very high dose and it was never put up and it, in fact, went down until he went off it. And the doctor said she's never seen that before. She said it always goes up after a couple of weeks or months. Wow. So um, she was really sceptical of the diet at first and if I talked about it, she'd look away and she wouldn't answer. But after six months, the absolute amazing changes in him like he was going to the psychologist and he was skipping whole big sections of his cbt treatment because he just didn't need it he was just skipping whole bits and she was like oh okay well you've already done that bit oh okay (laughs) (laughs) and so after six months he was pretty much ready to go off medication then and the doctor we went into for the doctor's visit and um she had a student doctor in there and she said come here, come here, you've got to tell this student doctor about this diet you're doing. <laughs> like, yes. Hey, that's awesome. That's really so, awesome. And Isaac will tell everyone that his greatest achievement is getting off medication and being completely medication-free and, and dealing with this all naturally now and, um, and knowing how to work through fears. Um, that's another big part of it. Um, but, yeah, the diet was just so, so beneficial to him and to all of us. Because without without the diet, what was the prognosis? Were, were the doctors saying that the medication was only going to be for a limited amount of time or was it no, more they said life. this is forever? Um, the doctor said you don't have to worry about the medication. People stay on it for all their life and it's fine. And But then when I've read up on it and I've listened to other people, basically what happens is it just keeps like the dosage keeps going up and then you get other problems because of the medication and then they swap you to another medication and the dosage goes and then you end up with this cocktail of and a lot of kids with OCD and these kind of anxiety depression issues end up on drugs because they just don't know how to cope with life and i'm just so you know my it, my heart really goes out to these kids um, and to the parents who have these kids because they don't know what to do no. they they're not told try changing the diet, try getting some tests done to see if they're methylating properly, try getting, seeing if they've got pyroluria, try, you know, or they're not told any of that unless they're going to a naturopath or something. And um, they just, they don't know which way to turn, so they just take the medication and it can just end up in a terrible downward spiral. And you know so, the fantastic thing about GAPS, Joe, is mm, that you can start it alongside the medication. Yes, so it's not a choice right. of one or the other. No, you no. You can keep the doctors happy and take that's the right. pills. And, and that's what we did, yeah. And, that, and I figured, you know, I said, I remember saying to the doctor after a couple of months, I said, he's improved so much. Do you think it could? No, it was the psychologist. I said, do you think it, I'm really worried. Is it just the medication? Because I really want to get him off the medication. She said, no way. It's not just the medication. She said, this doesn't happen. She said it, and she agreed that it was the diet. Um, she said she actually, the psychologist actually came, Isaac and I last year spoke um, with Pete Evans at a um, seminar in Cairns and he spoke about his story there and the psychologist came to that and she agreed that it was definitely diet. Wow. So, yeah, it's really good. <laughs> so tell me about your experience with GAPS when you were just starting out because you did go mm. from a, Already fairly healthy diet, yep. gluten-free, dairy-free, sugar-free, preservative-free. But mm-hmm. GAPS is just a whole other animal, isn't it? Yeah. So we were eating mostly gluten-free now and then we'd have some spelt. 
Um, and I think that was part of the problem because when we stayed completely gluten-free, we were quite, you know, we had less issues. And I know myself, whenever I had a bit of spelt, I'd end up all sneezy and then I'd get a cold. And But, you know, you just sort of don't do it for a few weeks and then you go, I just want some bread, yeah. <laughs> hot bread. And so then you'd give it again and then I'd be all sneezy for a few days. And so I knew it bothered me. And if I go away um, for a speaking tour or, or cooking classes or anything, I'll always go grain-free, dairy-free, sugar-free because then I don't get sick when I'm away. So I knew that, you know, it gets hard and you do the roller coaster thing. Um, so we were pretty good. Um, the kids were having more dairy than they had usually had, so I think that brought things down a bit too. So what we did at first, when I found out it was OCD and I decided to do the gaps thing, I sort of went, right, we're starting tomorrow, jumped in, and then within a couple of days went, ah. Uh, Okay, we might just try try a different tack. <laughs> um, so even for people that are mostly, and we we were having a lot of grain free meals as well, so we weren't having very many grains. Um, but when I realised how much work gaps is from gaps stage one intro, I decided okay, we need some time to prep for this. So. Um, I pretty much put the family on full gaps, which is very similar to paleo, but actually a little bit more flex. So you can have some legumes, you can have some dairy as long as it's like fermented dairy and stuff. So we, and butter, you can, you can have that. Yeah. So we went on to um, full gaps for about a month because we had a wedding to go to in another state. We had a, a youth camp. You know, there was things going on that it would have been way too hard to start on intro. So once that was all done and we were able to be at home for a month with just school and just the regular things, um, then we started um, stage one of intro. And um, I really recommend people do that, work back. Like don't, uh, um, I mean, I know that sometimes it's really urgent and you just want to jump in, but at least give yourself a week or two of full gaps first. And um, start making the broth, you know, get your sauerkraut sorted out, get things ready so that you don't stress out on day one. Yeah. Uh, well, it's not usually day one you stress out. It's about day three when the detox hits. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so even, for, even for us with a good diet, um, we still had pretty much like flu-like symptoms on about during the first week. For a couple of days, we were really achy muscles, very, very tired. The kids were hungry all the time. You had to have a meal every two hours. Yeah, the headaches, um, so, did you get headaches? Yeah, headaches. We didn't have vomiting, thankfully. Some people do, but that's usually a low blood sugar thing apparently. Um, but if you work back slowly, you don't get the the as great a reaction to the um, detoxing. And I imagine if you're going over to GAPS from a gluten, dairy and sugar-free diet, mm. that's different to going over to GAPS from yes. a standard Australian wheat bix yes. diet. Definitely. <laughs> that would that would be really difficult. So, yeah, I always tell people try going paleo first, you know, paleo, full GAPS kind of thing, and then work back and just start putting some intro recipes into the meal plans and then add more and more until the family's used to that way of eating and you've got some time that you're going to be at home and then start the intro. So you've become very involved with loads and loads of GAPS people, like a, a lot of the people who follow you and 
and absolutely love you and go to your cooking workshops are all GAPS people. What sort of results have you seen outside of your family? What, what sort of stories have you heard around the GAPS traps? Uh, it's so good. I've, I've had friends who've never been interested in healthy eating, never, um, and family too who are starting to see, because they've seen the changes in us and because they've started to realise, oh, so gut health actually is something we should be working on um, and maybe that's the cause for my obesity or my diabetes or my this or my that. There's, you know, partly it's to do with, or a big part of it is to do with gut health. And so they're starting to work on things a lot more. My dad um, was very overweight and became diabetic a couple of years ago. And um, in the last few months, he's pretty much on paleo um, with a bit of gaps <laughs> now, and that's just amazing for my dad. Um, and he's lost weight, his blood sugar levels have come down, and he's just doing so good. And today I just had to giggle because he was sending me emails about gut health, things that he'd read online, and I was just like, oh, wow. That's awesome. I just start to see the changes around me and I think, you know, people often say, oh, my friends all think I'm weird and I I just, I know it's hard at first because everyone looks at you like, like at first my parents were like worried about us doing this weird diet, you know, and I'm like, no, it's just traditional foods. I said, mum, you were raised eating sauerkraut. She's from a um, Southern American German family. I said, you, you always ate sauerkraut. She used to make sauerkraut when we were kids. And I said, and broth, you've always made broths, always, with the leftover carcasses and the roast bones and all that. She's always made broths. And I said, it's just traditional food. Yes, you're taking out the flour and the starches and stuff, but taking out the starches is temporary. You will be able to bring them back in later, you know. And so I think it's just people are scared when they see something different. They think, oh, what's this weird new thing? Yeah. Um, but when they start to see the changes, and how much healthier, like I've struggled to gain weight all my life. I've gone down to 42 kilos at times and I took a year to gain five kilos once I went on um, gluten dairy free and all that. Um, I, I managed to gain five kilos in one year and that was amazing for me. Um, I got up to, you know, 48, something like that after a while. Um, and over the, the last year and a half of doing GAPS, my gut has healed so much that I've managed to gain six kilos, which most people don't want to gain weight and it's okay, don't worry, you don't gain weight on GAPS unless you need to. <laughs> but I needed to. Yeah. So I look a lot healthier and people mention that all the time. So I think um, when friends see that, they, they really um, can see that you're doing the right thing. I've also had people write to me um, in tears just saying, you know, this has made such a big difference to my life and to my family um, and and also having the support of someone going in front of them showing the way I think makes a big difference because, like I said, you read the GAPS book and it just totally overwhelms you and you don't know where to start. So to have someone there saying, look, you can do it like this, here's some recipes, here's some meal plans, don't stress out, it's not that bad. And also, uh, you know, a lot of people have said to me, hearing Isaac speak made a big difference to them. One lady wrote and said, seeing a, a 13-year-old, or he's 14 now, 14-year-old kid change his diet and get well, and he's, he was totally 100% on board with changing the diet. He hasn't bucked against it at all um, And because he knew he needed it. And she said, seeing that a child that old could do that, that's really sort of given me a kick in the pants to say, hey, if a kid can do it, you can do it. So I think 
it's just good for people to see that it can be done and it does work. Yeah. If someone's not quite ready to go full gaps because it's just, you know, they can't quite mm. get their head around it yet, yep. what are some small changes they can make right now that would still help? Broth would be number one. Get the broths in. So at first, depending on what your issues are, some people have um, really high sensitivities to amines and salicylates and histamines. Then you'd need to do short cooked broths and only start with a very small amount. But broth is very healing. And I had a message from a lady the other day say um, she's starting GAPS intro for herself, but for her family, she's just, you know, just putting some GAPS meals in, like for dinner and stuff, but they're just otherwise eating normally. And her kids are very picky, and um, that's a very good indicator of bad gut health, as yes. you know. <laughs> and she said she started them all on broths, and she said she was so hot, shocked because they actually were willing to drink broth out of a cup. And she said within a week or two, you know, they're already eating more vegetables, they're more interested in their food, not being as picky. Um, she said a few other things and she said, and all I've done is add broth to their diet. She said, I can't believe it. This stuff is like magic <laughs> and it's just so healing. Um, another thing that I find really good is the fermented foods. And, again, you may have to start very slowly with a couple of drops of sauerkraut juice on a spoon once a day and build it up. So with GAPS they say to build it up slowly with just the juice and um, you can buy just sauerkraut juice from a like Kehoe's Kitchen or different um, wild wild fermented, um, uh, what do you call it, cultures, yeah. um, or you can make your own. But it's just um, really simple for kids. It just tastes a bit vinegary and you just tell them, here, this is some yummy medicine and take a spoonful. <laughs> or you can stir it through something as well. That's right, drizzle it, in, drizzle it over something yeah. um, and then just slowly get those. and. And also things like um, kefir and kombucha and all that. So um, getting that into the diet, I think also detoxing um, the home as much as possible, um, getting rid of all the chemicals in the home that you don't need. <laughs> so in your water, so get a good water filter, um, your shampoos and dishes and soaps and toothpastes, slowly weeding all that out so that you're using natural, um, natural ones. Those I think are really important. And another big one for us was just getting out in nature more. I think we get so stuck inside. Kids are at school all day and then they come home and they're on the computer and, you know, we're working on the computer all day or whatever and it's so easy to not even hardly get outside. And I'm finding the more that we're – like when, when I've got another son who's also suffered with anxiety and when I, if I take him out for a walk, within five minutes he's good as gold. And I just think that fresh air, the sunshine, getting outside, bare feet, run around, and also the talking, a lot of chatting together, a lot of DMs with my teenagers. <laughs> um, if your kids are suffering from anxiety, those things are really important. And I got off the I got off the gaps track there. Sorry. No, that's fine. <laughs> Speaking of the anxiety, Joe, um, you touched upon the Mind Forum recently. Yeah. How did you come to be involved with those guys? And, and can you just let our listeners know um, why their work is so important? I'll pop a link to sure. their page in the show notes too. Okay. So um, they asked me a year or two ago if I'd be an ambassador for them because I'm doing the kind of thing that they're trying to get out there. Basically, they're trying to help people with healing the gut because the gut is so connected to the mind. So um, 
MIND stands, it's M-I-N-D-D, stands for Metabolic Immunologic Neurological Developmental Disorders. And what they do is teach, um, they help parents and practitioners to learn more about these disorders and how they can help naturally. And they bring speakers in from all over the world once a year and um, have this gigantic conference that has the two streams, so it has the parents and the practitioners stream. So the practitioners actually get training from people at the top of their fields and they can get like accredited training and stuff there. And parents can just come and, and also learn from these same speakers and they just bring it down to your level and make it so practical. And then there's just so many people there that are helpful. I, I learned so much. Um, and they all year long they're getting their information out and they have they have a membership website that they're putting videos up on and helping people with learning all this stuff. And Isaac's actually the youth ambassador now, so that's pretty exciting. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so he's helping. Um, he'll be helping speak on youth mental health and helping kids with changing their diet without being freaked out. Basically, that's so important, <laughs> isn't it? Kids speaking yeah. to other kids. Is, yeah. yeah. Has he got a YouTube channel as well? Yes, he does. It's called Quirky Cooking Junior. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I should have him on the podcast sometime. Yeah, you should. Yeah. He'd love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Joe, you're a really busy, successful business person. Now, it just it sounds like you have so much going on because, you know, if, if you're not working in the business, <laughs> you're cooking. Yes. <laughs> How do you how do you relax? How do you unwind and, and where do you create balance in your life? Okay. Um, I think it's really important to take time out and I've always been pretty good at that. Right from the time my kids were born, um, I always taught them to to sleep after lunch and have a rest at least. And so once they were toddlers and they might not be very sleepy, which generally they'd have a sleep till they were two or three after lunch, but if they didn't go to sleep, they had to sit on their bed with a book for an hour or some toys or something and they weren't allowed to get off for an hour and I would go to my room I would sleep. For 10 years I had to sleep after lunch. And I've always done that. I've always needed some me time. So when I was younger and I was exhausted with kids, you know, four kids under seven, um, it was pretty much go have a nap, read a book. Um, sometimes I'd do some artwork. Um, I've always loved to paint and draw and so that was my time out I also love just taking the whole family or you know taking the kids and husbands at work and just going to the lake or to the we've just got so many beautiful places very close by because we live in the country and um, we can go swimming you know 10 minutes from our house in beautiful crater lakes and waterfalls and um, bushwalking um, or even just go for a drive through the countryside and sit at a lookout and chat you know things like that um if I don't have time for being out for an hour or so then I'll just go and sit in the backyard with a cuppa and stick my feet in the grass and enjoy the the birds and just get out of the house for a bit and tell the kids not to bother me (laughs) (laughs) um I also love I do love to go for a walk and take photos I love photography um we just have like I said beautiful places here so if you go on my Instagram, you'll see lots of photos of where I live because it's just too gorgeous not to share. My daughter keeps telling me, stop showing everyone, Mum, or they're all going to move here. <laughs> <laughs> we have 
that same conversation in Byron Bay. Like, don't oh, yes. share the secret surf spot. That's right. Don't, that's right. Don't show everyone. All the tourists will take it over. <laughs> go, where, they, where is this? And I'm like, oh, oh I can't really say. Private property. Yeah. <laughs> oh. But, yeah, that's that, – uh, yeah, so pretty much walking, just sitting outside with a cuppa and swimming and things like that, that's sort of my downtime. Because I really think that that in well, I know that in practice, stress plays such a big mm-hmm. part in Very illness. Much. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's great to know that it can be so simple to de-stress. You know, a cuppa and put your feet in the grass. I mean, anyone can do that. Even our city dwelling folk who are listening in. And also having a good laugh. That is like the best. If you have a friend that you can chat to that makes you laugh, develop that friendship. Yeah. <laughs> And um, kids, kids can make you laugh a lot too. So chat with your kids. <laughs> and fur kids, fur kids. Yes, definitely. That's so important. We Actually, my son quite often, Isaac often says, I don't know what I would do without this dog. He's just so, makes him so happy. <laughs> you know, I see that over and over again. Yeah. Um, dogs and anxiety, it's, just, oh. it's, it's therapy. It really it's is. It's definitely therapy. Yeah. yeah. And not even just in young people, like, Dogs in nursing homes. I think that's really important to have pets in nursing homes. Really important. Yeah, I think it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Now, Joe, as as much as I love talking to you, all (laughs) these things have to come to an end at some point. Now, I want to just have a quick chat about your wonderful brand new program that you have out. Would you Mm. like to tell us about that? Sure. Okay, so for the last year or so, I've been working on a program to help people who are beginning GAPS. So it covers the first six weeks, the intro stage of GAPS, because I think that's the hardest. And once you've got past that, you're pretty right. Um, So what I've done is I've recorded videos, um, first of all, um, talking about my story and what we found helpful, um, how GAPS helped us and what we did, that kind of thing. There's a lot of downloads and um, information for helping people to figure out um, what what's happening, you know, like what's the red flags for them, um, what signs they can look for in their kids to see if their kids have gut health issues, um, how to detox the home, how to begin preparing to do gaps so that you don't just, like I said, don't just jump in unprepared because you'll probably quit, but things that you can begin. So like reading the the gaps book and um, different, just small things that you can begin to implement. And then you go on to... um, videos and transcripts downloads audios all that kind of stuff that explain the kinds of ingredients I use what's in my fridge I just took took everything out of my fridge freezer pantry and just line them all up and just show you everything because <laughs> that's what everyone always asks it's just the be like joe program is that what you called it <laughs> but I just get the same questions all the time can I see in your freezer what do you what do you buy what do you buy in bulk you know so explaining how to buy in bulk and what you can get um, to save money to eat this way, um, just the simplicity of eating this way. I, I buy a lot less now in in the way that I don't have all the packets of flowers and I don't have all the – it's so easy. It's mostly meat and veggies, nuts and seeds. You know, you've got your broths from your bones, so I buy half a cow and a lamb and half a pig and it's all there in the freezer. Um, I have my gigantic veggie shop about three times a week um, you know, so you just have, it's so, it's basic foods, but then just showing people that it gives them a real visual 
and also how to do the basics like seasoning cast iron because you want to be using non-toxic pans and things like that. Then a module on um, cooking the basics, so showing how to make things like coconut cream and how to make your, um, your dairy-free milks, how to make your grain-free flours, how to make pastry, how to, you know, all that sort of stuff, how to make tallow and ghee and all of the, the sauerkraut and all the basic stuff that you use in GAPS. And that's all got recipe cards. And then the last module is the big one. So it's the one with six meal plans, six weeks of meal plans, six weeks of recipe ebooks. So there's six meal plans with an ebook with each one. That explains it, yeah. Um, you know, the allowed foods lists, how to introduce dairy if you want to, um, all of that kind of information. And we're just going to add to it as we do. We also have a private. Um, support group on Facebook and I think in a way that's probably the most important part besides the recipes <laughs> um, because people like I've already had one lady come in and she said I looked through the course and I just don't know where it's you know I just don't know if my family will do it and I'm just so stressed out and I'm like no 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 wait and so I did a live video in the, in the private group and I said okay this is for you and this is what I want you to do I want you just to take one thing that you can put in start the broths you know just don't worry about everything at once and pick out a couple of recipes that your family will love. It doesn't matter what week they're in, just put them into the meal plan for the week, just your usual meals, and just slowly add these in. And so just talking people through it, now she's fine. She's good now. But if she was just given that program and told go, she probably would have given up. Yep. So to have that support I think is so important and so that's a very big part of it and it's a lifetime, you just one-off payment and you just start whenever you want and you take as long as you like and you have lots of support. So that's what I've been doing. <laughs> and, and I do think that that is the absolute key to why people love you so much, Joe, <laughs> is that you are a handholder. You will get oh. in there, you put yourself in other people's shoes yeah. and you work it through from their point of view and you're there for them. You're not yep. a set and forget kind of girl. No, I couldn't. I just have so many gut-wrenching emails and messages. I just I couldn't just ignore them. There's so many people that are where we were and I know what it feels like. So, yeah. I should say the address of where that is too, shouldn't I? Yeah. <laughs> I forget these things. It's gaps.quirkycooking.com.au. Cool. And we'll put all that up in the show notes Thank too. You. Yeah. Joe, yeah. thank you so, so very much. It really is a, a very special honour because I, I really do think very highly of you and, and I really hope that the listeners today have got something out of here. Even if they're not going to do gaps, there's like so many good juicy bits there that they can <laughs> take away to improve their health. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Yay, we'll do it again sometime. Okay, let's. <laughs> okay, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye, Joe. Hi. How amazing was that interview with Quirky Joe Witten? I hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as I enjoyed recording it. It really has been one of the highlights of my Shiny Healthy You podcast journey so far. Now, if you like what you've heard here, please take the time out to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. I promise to give you a big squishy cyber hug in return. And while you're at it, make sure you subscribe so that you never miss an episode because we've got some really cool guests coming up in the next few weeks. 
and you don't want to miss those. It just keeps getting better and better. Now, if you would like also a free mini recipe ebook that's all beautiful whole foods that are gluten and dairy free, head over to julesgalloway.com and just have a look down the right hand side there and you will see a free ebook that you can pick up. Also, if you are feeling tired, stressed, emotional, run down, and you would like to go from feeling fatigued to fabulous, then please also check out my program. It's called Shiny Healthy You, Fatigued to Fabulous in 12 Weeks, and that's over at shinyhealthyyou.com. Have a beautiful week, and until next time, stay shiny, and bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.